Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. First time in Major League history, a ball game, a regular season game, will be played with no fans in attendance. This is one of those moments where you may make history, but you really wish you didn't have to do it. We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect among Americans. Whatever you think about her politically, it's very clear that her launch, the launch of this campaign, has been an assault on the public trust. I am clearly made a mistake. I should not have characterized people's kids as, as thugs. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. No, he Good morning, it's 904 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, honored, and really, why do you put up with me? That's what I gotta ask the question. Why do you put up with me? But I have this theory. First of all, I do talk radio for normal people. I admit, I'm not one, but I admire you tremendously. Sometimes I'm looking at a story, I'm looking at the world around us, and I think to myself, I can't be the only person who feels this way. I can't be. And if I am, then my radio career will be brought to an abrupt halt. But uh, in the show open, we played the audio of the announcement that we had this Major League Baseball game with nobody. And the the announcers were doing, like, golf-style announcing, kind of mocking what was happening in the, uh, during the game. Jones will whack the son of a gun to center field. That's very deep. It's deep, and it's off the base of the wall. He will head to second base. Adam Jones has a double, and that green jacket is well within reach, Jim. And we saw the uh, Orioles players pretending to sign autographs, and when another Orioles player flipped the ball into Camden Yard. And I, look... On a certain level, I get it. What's happening is happening. So you're just making the best of it by mocking it. You have to laugh because otherwise you will cry, scream, or rant. So I'm just going to ask maybe, you know, maybe this is one of those cases where I, Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show, am on an island of myself, but am I the only person who was, who felt, who felt humiliated? By what happened yesterday? There's so many layers to it. Part of it is because it's baseball, which is, whether you like it or not, around the world, people associate baseball with America. It's 
Major League Baseball. It's a big deal. And because of a handful of thugs, thank you, Mr. President, for signaling that word, and because America has decided to grow a huge vajayjay, we can't have a bleeping Major League Baseball. I'm sorry, it was humiliating. You know, when it, I, I, if you're listening yesterday, we had Bill Crystal from the Weekly Standard on, and he had tweeted out about this, and I tweeted out about this. And I was bothered. The concept of it, you know, kind of bugged me in theory. But when I saw the images, I saw that empty stadium, I saw the people on the field, I just felt like I just such a donkey. I, no, I take it back. It wasn't that I felt like a donkey. I felt like my country was being made to look like a donkey. And so I'm just wondering at 844-404-1067 if I'm the only person who felt this way. And I talked to a bunch of people who are smarter than me about sports about it, and their answer, well, you can play a game, whatever. You just got to get the game played. And, you know, they're going to move the other games. They're going to turn home games into away games. And what's the big, blah, blah, blah. And, and everybody came down to the same answer. Well, it was the easiest thing to do. Well, it was the easiest thing to do. And that's what scares me. Because you know who's always looking for the easiest thing to do? Put wimps. I need a better word for ussy pay. I need so We need a word that I can say on the radio. Because there is no other word that satisfies that need. I For years, I uh, pitched to uh, my book agent. I wanted to do a book called, I, I did Redneck Nation. I wanted the, se- the sequel to be Ussy Pay Nation. Because I, this trend has been going on for a decade, and we, you saw it right there. The most powerful country in the world, and the symbol of our nation in the sports world, in a major American city, and we're too, what, incompetent, gutless, cowardly, inept, what, something, something. We can't make that. You can't pull up a baseball game. You, because, ah! <sighs> So I'm just curious if I'm the only person who felt that way. I just I looked at and just cringed. Oh. Because if we don't have the character to do a major league baseball game in the face of a handful of high school punks and looting thugs, then what can we do? If you are Al-Qaeda, you are laughing your Al-Qaeda ass off right now. If you are ISIS, you are in stitches right now. If you are Iran, you are just, oh, are you kidding me? What a nation of wimps. Is there another word for that? Oh, Michael, it was just the easiest thing to do. You're absolutely right. You know what? It is so easy to just go home. It's so easy to just quit. It's so easy to say, well, this might be hard. And what if something bad happens? You're absolutely right. That is the easiest thing to do in the world. And you know what happens when you do that? Then you, you know what? All this stuff where people are going out and voting. You know, you have these campaigns. They call each other names. They say mean things. They make me think about yucky stuff like abortion and the death penalty. Let's just quit. Someone might get upset. What if something goes wrong? The easiest thing to do is to quit. And that was the message from Major League Baseball and from law enforcement and from political leaders. Hi, welcome to America. We quit. You're on the street. You're scary. We have freaking national. 
It's bad enough that the Wachab Islamists don't fear us. It's bad enough that the Russians don't fear us. It's bad enough that the Iranians, and more on that coming up, the, did you know the for, Iranian foreign minister guy, the negotiator, is mocking us? He's throwing down on U.S. senators and giving them the thing. You don't know what you're talking about. It's bad enough that the Iranians don't fear us. But are we at the point, really, where the liquor store looting, knuckle-dragging thugs of Baltimore don't fear us, where we fear them? Are we really there? Has there ever been a more clear symbol, a more clear icon of the wussification of us as Americans as that empty ball field yesterday? You know what? Before they did it, I thought it was kind of a joke and a yuck, yuck, yuck. When I saw it, joke's over. This isn't funny. It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for us. And so that's why I'm asking at 844-404-1067. Am I the only guy? Am I the only guy that feels this way? I'm just wondering. And you know what else? Iran grabbed a ship under our protection. They've got a U.S. ship in the Marshall Islands in our protection right now. And you know what we're doing? Nothing. The Russians selling missiles to Iran. What are we doing? Nothing. Uh, governments in Central America have announced that they're going to help their citizens cross our border illegally and move here so that we can send, they can send our money back to them. What are we doing? Nothing. Do we ever do anything other than nothing? Do we ever stand up and say, hey, we're freaking America. And because we're America, it matters? No. Yesterday was a humiliating failure by our, uh, our politicians, by the National Guard, by the cops, by the city, by Major League Baseball. But fundamentally, it was a failure by us because we put up with it. Go ahead. Humiliate us again. As long as we can just quit and go home, everything will be fine. 844-404-1067. Uh, I'm going to uh, take your phone calls coming up. Plus, I'm going to tell you what we did in Boston after the Boston Marathon bombing to put this in perspective. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. The Baltimore riots are impacting the sports world this morning in a way even the September 11th attacks did not. For the first time in regular season play, all fans will be banned from a Major League Baseball game today. It's 919. I am Michael Graham, and I am looking for another word that I can use on the radio for the word that I can't use that describes the America that we live in. It's in front of the word willow when you're describing certain flora and flan. It's another name for cats. It rhymes with wussy, but wussy just doesn't have the power of this. And that's what I saw yesterday uh, when I saw that image of Major League Baseball, the pinnacle of American sports in a major league city playing in an empty park because we're too gutless or we assume that our law enforcement are too incompetent to pull off a baseball game. Are, were, am, am, I, am I the only person who felt that way? 844-404-1067. Was I the only person embarrassed by this? I know in the big picture it's no big deal, but you know in the big picture nothing is a big deal other than like you know nuclear war. But symbols matter. When Ronald Reagan got elected and he uh, took down the Air Traffic Controllers Union, he sent a message. The union was a small group of guys. But when he said, no, you're, I'm, you're, you want to show up for work? Fine. We don't need you. Stay home. Your union's gone. It completely changed the relationship 
between the government and unionization, and it, and it brought back balance. It was a huge, huge moment when he stood in front of the wall and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It was just a sentence. It was just a sentence, but it mattered. These things matter. And what we are telling thugs on the street is, you know what? You can shut down an entire city just by being punky thugs. What we're telling the world is we are a nation that's so incompetent or cowardly that we can't even pull off a baseball game. If you can't pull off a baseball game with the National Guard and state police and local cops, then what can you do? So is this incompetence? Is this cowardice? Or do you agree with the folks I talked to this morning who said, Michael, they did the right thing because it was just easier. It was just easier. Let's blow it off. Who cares? Let's quit. It's so easy to quit because that's what happened. We saw the challenge and we ran away. We quit. We told the bad guys, you win, you win. It's just not worth it. Just like the uh, Gary Trudeau, that dirtbag, a pathetic hack, cowardly, gutless loser who does Doonesbury, who announced, I'm not drawing any Muslim cartoons. No way. And you shouldn't either. You made them attack us. I just quit. It's, it's so much easier. Simply so we just won't discuss issues of Islam. It's just, it makes people nervous. That's so much easier. Uh, hey, uh, what's your opinion on same-sex marriage there over at your uh, floor? I don't, I'm not saying anything. It's just easier just not to say. I'm just not going to talk. I'll just quit. I just... You go ahead. I'll just quit. I'll just stay in here. I'll quietly watch my baseball game with nobody around. And that's that. That's where America is. 844-404-1067. Email me, michael at michaelgram.com. And if you have a word that you use for kitty cat willow that I can use on the radio, you'd really be helping me out here because that is the most apt phrase I can find to describe the American character in 2015. Brian, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Yeah, hey, Mike. Uh, I got nothing for your uh, for a new name for a vagina. But, um, but you know, I, I was looking at this baseball game yesterday. I'm driving the truck through your town. I just caught your radio station here. Uh, you know, they were saying yesterday that they had all these kids that had nothing to do because everything was closed down yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they got all the cops in the world now. They got the National Guard. They got everybody in down there. Why didn't they just ring the ring the park and bring the boys' clubs in, bring all the kids in, and just let the kids, let the poor kids of the town mm-hmm. have that game, man. Screw everybody else. Let the kids have a real baseball game. It costs so dang much that you can go to a game anymore. Yep. You know, they, they got an empty park, and they got a town full of kids. What's wrong with that? And now imagine, Brian, if you were the mayor of Baltimore and you made that happen and then you said, you know what else we're going to do? We're going to get some sponsors and all the kids who show up are going to get a free, whatever, bag of popcorn. They're going to get a free hot dog. And we're going to turn this into a party. And we're going to ask the players to show up a half hour early and, and sign some autographs and maybe make some comments about where they grew up and how they overcame adversity. How about that? Can you imagine how different our attitude would be today if someone had shown the courage, leadership, common sense, and what used to be normality that Brian, the truck guy, just showed? What we could have done with this moment is we could have risen. We could have said, pipe my ass, thugs. Not only are you not shutting this game down, but we're going to bring every, we're going to open it up to the kids from these schools. Just bring your student ID. You show up. You are in here for free. 
We're going to play this game for you. We're going to broadcast it. You know what? We're going to beam it into the schools, and we're going to have whatever. You know, PSAs, don't do drugs in the, during the, uh, you know, uh, in-between innings and during the pitchers' changes. And We're going to make this something great. That's what a real country that still has cojones does. Is they flip it around. I mean, I just, you think about there was a time when we had a president who authored or at least uh, had someone ghostwrite for him a book, Profiles in Courage. Ask not what your country can do for you. What can you do? What can you put on the line? Oh, now it's don't ask anything. Just go home and hide. Shelter in place. Run away. Oh, my. There's a kid walking down the sidewalk by himself. Oh, my. Stop. We can't have, uh, somebody wrote something mean on Facebook. Put her in jail. The JJ Nation. Am I? Am I missing it? Am I, am I missing it? 844-404-1067. Patrick, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hi, Michael. This is Patrick. Um, I just wanted to say, I think they did the right thing because, you know, really you can't, you need to keep it safe. You know, safety is more important than fun. And, um, you know, I, I know it costs, you know, a little bit of suffering there. But uh, honestly, uh, I think they, they made the right choice. So you weren't embarrassed at all? No, not really. Okay, remember, you, you, you're comfortable living in a country that's too incompetent and cowardly to hold a baseball game because of some high school morons with bricks. Doesn't bother you. Well, honestly, I wouldn't put that as incompetence. Uh, you wouldn't. You no, know, I, I, I would not. Then why didn't they have? The, uh, then why didn't they have the game? They, they, they announced we are not competent enough to hold a safe baseball game in 2015 in America in a major city, right? Well, you got to consider the situation was ballistic. I mean, you know, safety is really more important than fun. You know what? And I always put safety. You, first, you know, I'm, you know? I'm trying to remember. Do you remember when Patrick Henry stood up and said, I am proud to put safety first? Remember that? Remember that great moment at the uh, Boston at the Boston Tea Party? Whatever you do, put safety first. Remember those guys getting off the boats uh, at Normandy and running up on the beach going, but remember, guys, safety first. Safety first. Is that our new American motto? Safety first? Safety? You're abs- you know... So much danger out there. All that free speechifying going on and all the people running around making their own decisions going on. People choosing how they're going to live their own life and what they're going to believe and how they're going to die. That's, that's, that's not very safe. I, I feel my safety meter going off. Safety first America. Is that the America you want to live in? Because you do, whether you like it or not. Excellent call, Brian. Excellent call. You nailed exactly where America is. I am Michael Graham. I'm on my way, I'm making it It's 935, I am Michael Graham, friend of my, one of my top 10 albums of all time or CDs of all time, Peter Gabriel's So. 844-404-1067. So I've been looking for a word to describe the kind of country that is too cowardly, too intimidated, too... As our previous caller said, and thank you for the great call, Michael, in America, it's got to be safety first. How do you describe this nation? And I can't use the word that you use when you're talking about willows or when you're talking about kitty cats. Uh, Allison says, Michael, in the world of cooking, a male chicken's stuff is cut off and then it's called a capon. This makes the chicken get big and fat and good eating. So how about capon nation? It would indicate exactly what you're trying to say. Thank you, 
Thank you very much for that email, michael at michaelgram.com. And Tracy says, what happened to Major League Baseball in Baltimore is called getting punked out. And I agree with you. The way this has been handled is chicken fertilizer. But not everyone agrees. I mean, look, you hear it all the time. What our previous call said, so Michael, it's just, we just got to be safe. We just have to be safe. And if anything makes me even feel unsafe, they're going to quit. Yeah. You think that's how they feel in uh, the caves of Afghanistan where they're plotting their next attack? Do you think that the guys who get up and shout Allahu Akbar are thinking, I will do whatever it takes to promote the cause of jihad as long as it's safe. I wouldn't want to be rude or upset anybody. Do you think Vladimir Putin, uh, my friends, Russia shall one day rise again and we shall invade Ukraine as long as it's safe. Think the Chinese wake up every day and go, first things first, keep it safe. Why do you think it is that Iran snatched an American flag, essentially American flag, a Marshall Islands flag vessel, and is holding it right now and is giving us a finger? Why do you think it is? You think it's because they're not worried that there might be some consequence, that we might take some risk, that anyone's going to get hurt? You think that has anything to do with it? Why do you think it is that the uh, Iran is telling our U.S. Senate, sit down and shut up. You have nothing to do with this deal. I know you were elected by the American people, but <laughs> screw them. We're going to do what, you, what we want, whether you like it or not. Does, this, does that sound like the Iranians are worried about America? And, of course, I could do a litany around the world of those examples. You can absolutely have a, a country where everybody gets to be safe all the time and we never do anything that takes any risks. You can absolutely have that country if you want and you will get treated like a citizen of that country. It's up to us. That's the great thing about America. We make our own America every day with the decisions that we make. Bruce, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Good morning, Michael. How are you today? Fine, sir. I was going to agree with the other guy as far as, you know, the baseball game goes. Safety comes first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was thinking it's if you look at it from the player's perspective, it may be a good idea to have one game each year for them guys to play with no audience. You know, that way they get to focus on baseball. You know, I think every major league team should maybe play one game. You know, I don't know how many <laughs> games. That, you know, I mean, I don't know how many games they play each year, but it's only one game without an audience. I mean, I think each team should play one game with no audience so they can focus on the game. And, and then they should play one game with no uniforms as well, so they can just play just naked, just on natural, and get in touch with the Bruce. That was that was hilarious. That is comedy. Uh, he he made more. He made a, my point better about. Uh, Major League Baseball and about the woodsification of America than I could have done. Excellent uh, satire, Bruce. Bill, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Hey, yeah, Mike. Um, it sounds like the uh, the leadership in Baltimore is is more willing to tell people what they need to be safe instead of the people of Baltimore saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, wait a minute. We want our freedom." And we want to be able to, we want to tell you what we want to do. I mean, it's not, it's not for, for a big daddy government to, to give mm-hmm. us everything and to tell us what is best for us. I mean, let them have some legs, man. Let them get some legs under themselves. What if they make mistakes? The what, they want. what if they make a decision that you don't like? What if they make a decision that doesn't work out? What if something happens? 
Then, Bill, well, we'll all have to slash like, our thr- wrists and fall down on the ground. We can't take it. We used to be this shining city on the hill that said to the world, stand up and try to achieve greatness. We used to be the arsenal of democracy. If you're willing to stand up for freedom, we will stand with you. And now, are we standing? No, we're cowering. We're sheltering in place. One of my least favorite phrases in the English language. You know, I, uh, I did a book with a bunch of writers like P.J. Work and Christopher Buckley and, and Jonah Goldberg uh, uh, about six, seven months ago called The Deadly Virtues. And we each were given a chapter on virtue, you know, good and bad. And I was given the chapter on courage. And I focused it on the phrase shelter in place because I'd never heard that phrase before. Something goes wrong. What do you mean shelter in place? No, go out and live. What are you talking about? But it reminded me, I, you know, obviously I was in Boston right after the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. And it was during baseball season. And there was talk about canceling the Red Sox, the next Red Sox home game at Fenway Park. And they were, there was serious talk. And you know why they didn't? Because my callers and the other people of the city rose up and said, bleep no, you're not going to cancel that game. You're going to have that game and we're going to pack that game, there is no way. There was a high-profile fundraiser, like a gala or something. I forget exactly the details. I apologize. But it was, you know, event at that night uh, or, or uh, the, uh, a couple nights afterwards in the city of Boston, right by where the uh, finish line of the marathon was. And there was talk of canceling the gala. And people told, stood up and told the charity, if you cancel the gala, I'm canceling my check. That should be the American response to threats, to thuggery. Our American response should be not only are we not going to quit, not only are we not going to go home like Major League Baseball did, not only are we not going to cower, we're going to show up in twice with twice as many people. But if you don't have a reaction to this, if you just saw the story and went, oh, well, whatever, which has been, by the way, a common reaction, then one of two things is happening. One, I, Michael Graham, am just an idiot and I'm overreacting. Always a possibility. Keep that at the top of your possible right answers list. The other one is that we've just changed. That we're just not that America anymore. That prizes our liberty, our freedom, our strength. That we have the pride in our nation to be humiliated by this. You know, in the past, we we, we had military actions having to do with the honor of America. In the past... We told people, we don't care how many hostages you take as long as they're not Americans. Because if they're Americans, it's going to matter. In the past, we thought our standing in the world meant something. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the past. Maybe President Obama's right. that We just got to pull America in and shut down and and, and shelter in place here and let the rest of the world's going to do what it's going to do. And we're not going to stand for anything except for risk-free baseball. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. Well, that's very kind of you. Thanks so much. I am Michael Graham. The phone number 844-404-1067. Don't forget at 1145, we'll be giving away free lunch. This week, sponsored by Sherry's Berries, a fantastic Mother's Day gift at berries.com. Your chance to win uh, Sherry's Berries gift certificate 
at 11.45 in the lunch line, so just stay tuned. Um, you can also e-reach me anytime via email, michael at michaelgram.com. And uh, so I guess I'm – Bill Crystal at the Weekly Standard and I are the only two people who are humiliated by the idea of Major League Baseball in an empty ballpark. Just a bit outside. Yeah, yeah the, the idea that's happening by itself. And Charlie Rose pointed out that the uh, Baltimore riots did something that 9-11 couldn't. And that's just, to me, it's humiliating. For the first time in Major League history, a ball game, a regular season game, will be played with no fans in attendance. We wish that were otherwise. This is one of those moments where you may make history, but you really wish you didn't have to do it. And what bothers me is that it's part of a larger uh, storyline in America that I summarize. Someone said Capon Nation is the right word. Gelding, Michael, is the word you're looking for. By the way, uh, all the people are emailing me about other words for... Wussy Nation are women, which I find interesting because Wanda says, Gelded, we strut around like we still have them, but we really don't. Thank you, uh, Wanda. I appreciate that. And I guess we've just decided that we're comfortable with that. We're comfortable being the safety first, security first uh, uh, country. And you see it from the attack on the mom and dad who let their kid walk to the park. To the attack, uh, the fact that there's a woman who posted mean things on Facebook, and instead of simply the cops going by and saying, "Lady, what the hell's your problem?" No, no, she's under arrest. Uh, she's uh, theoretically going to jail. She's not. They're going to drop the charges because of the First Amendment. But um, we would put her in jail, in prison, for being mean on Facebook because we can't handle it. We're just so scared. And uh, you see it with uh, our international re- uh, relations. And I just wonder, do we really want to be that country? 844-404-1067. Coming up, by the way, in the next hour, some of you have heard some rumors about Freddie Gray in Baltimore. And we're going to get you the natural truth on that. Did he have a pre-existing spying condition? Uh, is there proof that the cops did nothing wrong? You will get the uh, the natural truth uh, that you want. Also, I talked to uh, attorney... Phil Holloway about what's going on with both the Facebook case here in Atlanta and with the Atlanta public schools uh, uh, verdicts the or, or, or sentencing. The judge is going to change his sentence, apparently, for the three worst uh, offenders. But first, let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael. Um, this is basically a where's Waldo, where's Barack moment in Baltimore. The guy is base is incredibly close he's an hour from baltimore he is 10 minutes maybe 15 by helicopter right this this all would have been slowed down it would have been dealt with if the president would have gone over there and met with the officials with his 50 secret service people with the national guard around him go down and talk to the leaders in the community but you know this is what you get when you when you elect a community organizer and a junior senator that never ever passed any legislation. He was he was the biggest critic of President Bush when President Bush did not go down to New Orleans after the mm-hmm. Katrina hurricane. He he was all over the airways. You know what's wrong with this president? What's going on? Mm-hmm. He promised to be a hands-on president. He's not even close. He hides out in the White House. And we need. You're completely right. We need some leadership in this country. But until we quit electing. People with no experience, it's it's incredible. 
Well, and not only if it's about the experience, it's just about what you choose to do with your power. The caller earlier who said not only should they have had the game, but they should have had the game and they should have let all those kids who were sent home. By the way, why did you shut the schools down? The schools where all the kids could be in one place, where you could keep an eye on things and have law enforcement out. But you let, so you leave the schools at home because you're too scared to open the schools. And then you shut down the baseball game because you're too scared to open the baseball game. They should have thrown the doors open to the game and said to all the kids, hey, bring your student ID. You can come watch the game for free. Uh, but that's leadership. That's standing up. And that's what we don't do, apparently. But I do love the fact that uh, President Obama is standing by his decision to use <clears throat> the T word. The actions of a small minority that uh, were nothing short of criminal actions. Uh, and whether it's arson uh, or you know, the looting of a liquor store, uh, those, were, those were thuggish acts. Uh, and I think the president uh, felt it was important and continues to think it's important to draw a clear distinction between those actions and the efforts of the vast majority of people in that community to draw attention to the legitimate concerns that they have. I'm with you, Mr. President. Be- reporters were pressing the White House. He- he's got to take that back. He can't use the word thug. He can't. And President Obama not only didn't apologize, he stood by it uh, w- despite the cries of MSNBC. But when are we going to have a language to talk about the systemic violence that white folks do in the name of anti-blackness and white supremacy in this country? We don't have a language for that. (sighs) White supremacy. Yeah. 844-404-1067. When we come back, uh, are are our kids, our high schoolers, smarter or dumber than we were? I have evidence on both sides. I will present it to you here in the Court of Public Opinion. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 at News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. And coming up later this hour, you're going to get the natural truth about what we do and don't know about Freddie Gray uh, injuring himself. Did he already have a spinal issue, et cetera? You're going to get the facts, the natural truth on that. Also, uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton said something to which the only response could possibly be. Oh, no, you didn't. I heard it. I watched it. (laughs) We've got the audio of it. And I didn't believe it. And that's coming up here on uh, the show that you can be a part of, of course, by emailing michael at michaelgram.com uh, or calling 844-404-1067. My question for you is this. Young people today, 18 to 25 years old, are they smarter, smarter or dumber than you were when you were that age? And the reason I ask because I've run across two stories today that completely contradict each other. On the one hand, it's easy to say young, a young person in America today is dumber than previous generations. And on the other side, it's smarter. Uh, the dumber one comes to us courtesy of uh, the latest National Assessment of Educational Progress test that shows 
that only 18% of our nation's eighth graders are proficient at U.S. history. 18%. That is, if my public school education serves me, well, less than half. 18% once again proficient, not uh, exemplary or amazing, just proficient, just competent. 18%. 80% aren't competent at history. And, of course, this matches with the performance of high school graduates in the United States whenever we are tested compared to other countries. We consistently spend more than virtually every other country in the world. There are only one or two exceptions. But we rank between 20th and 30th on how much math our kids can do and how much science our kids know and how well our kids have mastered our native language. We are some of the dumbest people in the world high school graduates, when it comes to math, reading, science. But we spend more money. Hello, Baltimore. We spend more money than everybody else. And so my question for you at 844-404-1067 is, is that your experience? When you meet a high school student or recent high school graduate or college kid, are you dealing with somebody who is smarter or dumber? Are you amazed at what they do know? Or are you amazed at what they don't know? How many branches of government are there? Uh, branches of government. I think there's several, actually. Oh, right. There's uh, the Republican, <laughs> there's the Democrats, there's... Uh... Have you ever heard of the Bill of Rights? Ah, uh, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not uh, commit perjury, thou shalt not, etc. I don't know. Like, you ever hear somebody say, I'm taking a fifth? Yeah. What does that mean? They're taking the fifth day of the week off. What country did we fight in the Revolutionary War? France. If the president and the vice president died, who would then become president? The Secretary of State. Yeah. When was the Declaration of Independence adopted? Still awake? Yes. (laughs) So, smarter? Maybe not. Doesn't look good. 80% of our uh, school kids are not proficient in basic history geography, and civics. On the other hand, I've got to start to believe that maybe they're smarter than we are. A new survey found that fewer than one in six people between the ages of 18 and 24 has a tattoo. However, their parents, people aged 40 to 59, about one in four have tattoos. So mom and dad have the tats, but Junior and Sissy don't. Which tells me that Junior and Sissy have smartened up over mom and dad. I say this as a tattoo-less person. And I'm not going to say the person in my family who has a tattoo, am I mom? But... It's nobody under the age of my parents. By the way, did you know that not only do one in five people have tattoos, but the person most likely to have them, men or women, is women? Women are more likely to have tattoos. I, and I'll just be honest, I, I just don't get it. I don't, it's just one of those things, I just I don't get it. There is no scenario you could concoct, no story that you could write. Hollywood could not invent the, the, the storyline in which the final conclusion is, and so Michael Graham got a tattoo. It is not possible. And I just, 
I just don't get it. I don't get it. And so is the fact that people under the age of 24 are less likely to have tattoos than their parents, is that evidence that they're smarter than their parents? That they've learned a lesson from their parents? Or maybe there's something I, I don't get. I uh, was asking uh, one of my uh, Cumulus Radio coworkers from another station about it, and he served in the Navy, and he has a tat, and he has a small tattoo. And I said to him, well, if your son came to you today and said, Dad, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo, what would your answer be? And his answer was not in the affirmative. And so I'm just, I just, I, to me, I associate, and this is where you can enlighten me at 844-404-1067. I associate tattoo with I was really drunk. That's the, that's what I associated with. Am I wrong? Because I just don't, I don't get it. I think our children are showing wisdom by saying, yeah, my mom and dad, my dad has one that he got, you know, when he was following the Grateful Dead. And my mom had one that she and her girlfriends got at a bachelorette party when they were drunk. And I'm not getting one. So how about it? The average 20-something today, smarter or dumber than you, 844 404 1067. And what do we make of the fact that we spend all this money to make them smarter and yet they still remain woefully clueless on uh, history, math, and English? David, you're on with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, you wouldn't have to worry about the tattoos on my end because the, just the look at a, at a needle makes me faint. So, <laughs> you know, but when you, you pass out, they can put a tattoo on you. That's you got to be careful. Happen. Okay. That's not gonna happen. Okay. But uh, as far as them being smarter, uh, they're well more. They're, they're better equipped today than than the baby boomers. Yeah. And Why do you say that? Yeah. Then because um, they have more today. They they the education uh, the classes that they're they're more uh, in depth than they were back in in, the, in that period. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. You have a lot of states. Now you're from South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I'm from Alabama, mm-hmm. and I think we're around the same age. Mm-hmm. But in the state of Alabama, they didn't teach American history. They only taught the history of the state that we I think okay. we only had Alabama history. Right. So they're more equipped today. I think everybody's having American history now. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm, so let me ask you, so when you meet somebody who's like, you know, 18 to 25-ish, when you, when you friend of a friend or whatever, do they seem smarter to you? Well, I don't. I don't socialize with anybody around that age, but but what I'm saying is they're better equipped today than than, than people were. Then why are their test scores so bad? Why is it that when they take because the test, you have a lot of you have a lot of kids today that really don't care about education. They it's, it's there for them a whole lot. You know, it's just there for them now. It wasn't really there for people. You know, so what you're saying is ago. they have the opportunity to be smarter. They're just too oh, yeah. dumb oh, to yeah. take advantage oh, yeah. of the opportunity. Okay, that's one way to look at it. Well, we were going to... Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1020. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham coming up at the bottom of the next hour. What's really going on in Baltimore with the Freddie Gray case? Did he, in fact, snap his own spine? Was there something nefarious up? And what's the story? You'll get the natural truth. Right now, though, we're talking about how, on the one hand, how little young people seem to know. Uh, it's terrifying when you go out and uh, ask, ask them questions. It's kind of scary. 
What countries make up Great Britain? <laughs> um, <laughs> You've heard of Great Britain? Yeah. <laughs> if someone said they're going to Great Britain, what language would they speak when they get there? British. They speak British. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever met anyone who speaks British? No. <laughs> Can you think of any word in British? Um, no. If you met someone from Amsterdam, what nationality would they be? Um, I have no idea. Amsterdamian. <laughs> Amsterdamian. <laughs> no, they wear wooden shoes. Who wears wooden shoes? Um, cobblers. <laughs> cobblers? <laughs> Lindsay, and you're a high school student as well. Yes, sir. What is the world's tallest mountain? It's not Mount Rushmore. No, no. Do you ever rest? Do I what? Ever rest? No. I'm giving you a clue. Oh. I really don't know. See, I asked you, do you ever rest? And you said, Oh, no. Mount Everest. Everest, there you there go. You there, go. Go. there you go. And you're a high school student? Yes, sir. What are people from Denmark called? You meet a bunch of people from Denmark. I what don't are know. they? Denmarnians? Denmarnians. I don't know. Denmarnians. <laughs> How many great lakes are there? Oh, a lot. Like a hundred something? hundred. I can't take any more. Stop. Stop right there. So on the one hand, new testing out, 80% of our kids don't know the basics of, of, uh, of um, history, the basics of civics. On the other hand, uh, the uh, evidence that they're smarter is the fact that kids are significantly less likely to get a tattoo by the time they're 25, then their parents. So are they dumb? Are they smart? You tell me. Ross, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael. Well, it's not my son. I have a 16-year-old son. 16, And okay. it is just incredible what a dope he is. It's just, it's <laughs> you know, listen, I'll say something like, uh, you know, how many continents are there? Uh-huh. Like, Two? And I'll go, do, do you even know what a continent is? And he'll say something like, uh, Canada? It's when you can't you go know, to the bathroom? It's unbelievable. I mean, he seems like a normal kid, but you know, you ask you ask him what's the biggest planet, he'll say right. Mars. And I just want to get. I, we live in Forsyth County. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I just I just want to go up there to the school and grab the teacher, just shake him and go. What are you doing? I mean, so why do you think it even, is that he doesn't he have this? this so how, why do you think it is that he doesn't have that basic information? I don't know. I really don't know. I I don't understand it. I mean, when I was, and I, I hate to say this, this is going to make people mad probably, but my dad was a DJ. We moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I lived mostly up north. Mm-hmm. And when we moved down here um, in my senior year to Forsyth County, they were studying things that I had studied probably two grades earlier. Sure. And I didn't understand that. And uh, my kids just, passed, my, my kids, know? my kids made the move from Massachusetts down to South Carolina, and it was a year differential right on the spot. When I moved, and this is back in the day, because uh, I was, uh, I, my mom is from Los Angeles. My dad's from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, so I'm bi-coastal. But you can't tell people, you know, in Georgia that you're bi-coastal because they think that means you date guys on the beach. But uh, it, 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 I was in the second grade, and it took me to sometime in the fourth grade before we got back to the same reading stuff because we're using the same series of books. And so you know how they have, like, a, there's the red cover and the blue cover and the green cover. You know, it took me from the second grade to the end of the fourth grade to get back to the first grade in Los Angeles, California, what I was doing when I left first grade. And so I'm so look, you can look, we're the South. We know I, I lived in South Carolina where our motto was thank God for Mississippi.
And Mississippi wasn't always there at the bottom. But it's not Southerners who are failing these tests. It's American students who are failing the test. So they're passing the test on tattoos. They're saying no to tattoos, but they're failing the test on math, science, and geography. Beth, you are on with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hi, I'm 35. Mm -hmm. I have a tattoo. I got it before I was 25. (laughs) Um, I do not regret it. Really? I planned it out for almost 10 years before I got it. Wow. And it is very important to me, and it means a lot to me, and I'm very glad I did it. Um, My dad asked me when I got it, what are you going to tell your grandkids? And your answer? I'm going to tell them that I put a lot of thought into it. And I was really dedicated to it. Okay, well, Beth, now now you've got everybody's Beth, now you've got everybody's curiosity up. So, what is it, and more importantly, where is it? It is on my back. Mm -hmm. It is my full back, straight down my spine, and it's a rose. Okay, a rose kind of around your spine. Cool. So it's not a tramp stamp then. No. Okay. No, like I said, I put a lot of thought into it for a long time. So if you're thoughtful about it and you know that it's something that you need, you want, it's really important to you, go ahead. Get a tattoo. Well, okay. I'm not going to tell her not to. I have a daughter. I'm not going to tell her not to. If she puts that much but, thought into it okay. and it means that much to her, I'll let her do it. So now let me I'm ask sure. you, if you if you could take yourself from when you were 20 and have a meet someone who's 20 today, would you be meeting someone who's smarter or dumber than you were? Dumber. Now why do you say that? They didn't get tattoos? I know, but I grew up in a library, Uh huh. so I know how to find information on my own. Kids today don't have to go looking for anything. They pull out their phone, they Google it, and there it is. Yeah, but they don't the, have to know but, things. But, it's but, not Google. But if they have the information, I guess, I, I, I don't know. That's a two-edged sword. On the one hand, if it takes you three seconds to tell me something I never would have known, like the height of Kilimanjaro, then that's pretty amazing. On the other hand... If you think Kilimanjaro is a flavor of gelatin, then that's a problem. So trying to answer the question, smarter or dumber, you tell me. I'm Michael Graham. What Jefferson was saying was, hey, you know, we left this England place because it was bogus. So if we don't get some cool rules ourselves, pronto, we'll just be bogus too. Yeah? Very close, Jeff. It's 1035. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, there is an 80% chance that your school kid does not know the basics about history, civics, or geography. You want to scare yourself? Ask a typical high school kid or college kid, how many U.S. senators does Georgia have? Just ask them that question. Now, you can say, well, Michael, that's a trick question. I mean, it's barely, barely a trick question if you have any basic knowledge whatsoever. Um, by the way, I love the fact that uh, Soccer Boy is now scrambling to Google to get the answer. Um, and, but seriously, ask that question. You'll see what we know and what we don't know. It's very, very frightening. Hey, by the way, before I say anything else, Braves fans, all season long, when the Braves score five more runs, you score at Express Oil Change and Service Center with dollars off their full-service oil change. Uh, no discount today. They only scored four. I don't want to talk about last night. God. But be sure to listen to the Braves right here on News Radio 106.7 to see if they score five or more tonight versus the Reds. They will. And you'll earn that discount at Express Oil Change and Service Center, expressoil.com. Um, so the, because we have these two stories that hit at the same time, one, a new survey of uh, test results for the National uh, uh, Educational Assessment, the, the 
NAEP test uh, showing that 80% of our kids don't know the basics. But we also have this new study that shows, shows that kids 25 and younger are less likely to have gotten tattoos than their parents. I can't figure out smarter or dumber. Also, I am definitely going to give you the uh, update on what we do and don't know about the Freddie Gray case in just a second. But first, let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Uh, the kids today are absolute morons. They're <laughs> imbeciles. There's no question about Why do you smarter. say that? Uh, uh, because in terms of general intelligence, well, I mean, you, you, you played a few of the clips. Uh, where, like the one girl didn't know about the U.K., uh, you know, never heard anyone speak British. I mean, that's English, of course. <laughs> uh, the one guy didn't know what taking the fifth was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it was like taking the fifth day of the week off. Right, we heard that. It's, it's going to the liquor store and uh, taking a fifth and going home and getting smashed. I mean, it's it's incredible that they don't know that. And in terms of life experience and street smarts and, and life smarts, uh, a 25-year-old today is the equivalent uh, I was born in the 50s. I was raised in the 60s and 70s. A 25-year-old today is the equivalent uh, street smart-wise of uh, at 25 at what we were at about age 12. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, and to hear them express themselves, like the, the one lady that called in before, uh, I grew up in a library and uh, spent 10 years strategizing, uh, getting the big rose tattoo on my back mm-hmm. and stuff. There's no doubt in my mind that the kids today are absolute imbeciles and morons, and I'm afraid of what's going to happen when they're actually charged with running the country. Well, Dave, they are going to be running the country when uh, the rest of us are in the old folks' home hoping that Social Security check clears. But come on, don't, so you tell me you don't ever run into young people and go, how do you know this? How do you, you know so much stuff? How did you do that? Brandon is on News Radio 1067. Brandon, smarter or dumber? Michael, I got to say dumber, sir. Okay. I got to say in both senses, academically and street smarts. Street smarts wise, I think uh, so much of the world for them is experienced through the internet. And I think that contributes to the lack of street smarts. You know, they think they're Google babies, you know. So uh, in that aspect, I think dumber. And academically, uh, um, you know, there's so much pressure, I guess, for the teachers, and, and rightfully so, um, based on performance of their students. And I think uh, you you touched on it earlier when you were talking about the pay, the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Teachers are, I've got kids from age 17 to 6, and not so much in, with the younger kids. It's, it's There's a lot of content based there um, in the early development years. But as far as a 17-year-old goes, He's taught how to take a test, mm-hmm. not the content of the test, but how to take it. So I think a lot of the emphasis is put there as they get older because, you know, teachers' jobs depend on it. I think you see that with the, the latest teacher scandal, the, mm-hmm. the cheating scandal. You know, I think they felt the pressure, too, and, you know, based on where they, where they teach. And I'm sure mm-hmm. the test scores aren't uh, phenomenal down there. So, you know, Well, listen, I, I hear what you're saying about teaching to the test, but here's my problem. When we weren't teaching to the test, the kids didn't know anything, including what was in the test. And so what you have is for 30 years, we have pumped up more and more money for more in, into more and more classrooms. Teachers get paid more now than ever before. The average teacher by herself earns more than the average household earns combined in the state of Georgia. And spending, uh, has, it's gone up the equivalent of, 300 to 400 percent, depending on the school system you're in, and yet the kids are, well, 
the kids are the kids. Who won the Civil War? Who won the Civil War? Um, we did? The South? <laughs> like the one in 1965 or what Civil War? <laughs> who won it? Who was even in it? <laughs> who was in it? Just tell me who was in it. Ooh, I don't know. Why you making do this? <laughs> who won the Civil War? Yeah. Oh my god. Hey, I'm drawing this a blanket for those things. I feel like college. I'm on the Jimmy Kimmel show. America? I don't know. <laughs> That's the Confederates, right? <laughs> College. <laughs> I have no clue. College. Uh, the Union. The the North. Yes. There you okay. Go. <laughs> okay. So who is our vice president? Who is our vice president? <laughs> don't know. I have no idea. College. Of right now? I don't know. <laughs> um what's his name? Oh my gosh. I have his name in my I mean I have a space in my head. Who is the vice president? Is that like a trick question? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Don't know. Okay, let's get too depressed. Continue. I love the guy. Wait, is this a trick question? No, it's not. Oh, well, I still don't know. Okay. <laughs> so did it matter that it was a trick question? No, it really didn't. I had no freaking idea. Okay. Excellent. But I don't have a tattoo. So I got to know. If I have to tell you, if, I, if you have to know the vice president and have a tattoo or not know the vice president and avoid the tattoo, I'm with the... Clueless tattoo guy. I mean, I'm with the clueless no tattoo guy. I just leave me out of the tattoo. I don't. I do not get it. What? What is it that? What's the upside? There is nothing in my life that is so permanent that I would have it tattooed on my body. Your wedding ring. You wouldn't even. I wouldn't even tattoo that because you know, what? You know who knows what's going to happen. You know, the world is a crazy place. I. There's nothing I would stick permanently on. Matt Dore in the Havon Express Food Traffic Center. Are you yes. with Are you with Tat? I do have a tattoo. You are tatayed. Yeah. Uh, and, and and when you were tatayed, were you sober? I was. Or, I really? Was stone cold sober. Yes. Really. I actually waited about two years thinking about getting it before I actually went. Did and you got lose it. a bet? No. 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 Okay. It, was, it was all me. Might I ask uh, what? Am I allowed to ask, or is this too personal? Oh no, no. Uh, it's uh, my Rottweiler that passed. I had mm-hmm. her print put on my arm, Popper? and they took the ashes from the dog after they cremated her and put in the ink. No way. Uh, she literally saved my life, actually, a couple of times. And, wow. Uh, it was it was very hard when she passed. You know mm-hmm. how us Southern boys right. are with our dogs. Absolutely. So that was it. That is an amazing, amazing story. But still, it's it's it's, it's there for it might not dude. be for you. I don't agree with the, just putting forever. them on there because it's a fad. Because that is something that's going to be. If yeah. you do go to get one, you better make you know, sure you're willing to look at it for exactly. the rest of my, your life. My bad disco feathered haircut that I had in the sixth grade grew out. You know what I mean? It, it went away, but a tat never grows out. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1050. I am Michael Graham. So, what's happened now is people are starting to send me their unfortunate tattoo story. <laughs> so, because I will, I just, I'm just one of those people that just never, there is no storyline that ends with and so michael graham got a tattoo so if you have uh, uh if you've had an encounter with an unfortunate tattoo eight 
444-404-1067. I'm telling you, there's been there's been a lot of buzz in the last 24 hours about rumors that the Baltimore story is similar to the uh, Ferguson story, which is that we've been lied to about what happened. Ferguson, people were told, hands up, don't shoot. In fact, that didn't happen. The uh, uh, the guy who was eventually shot by the police officer was reaching inside the car trying to take his gun. He was not surrendering. Uh, and that's been the uniform you know, analysis of the facts. And so people are saying, well, how do we know that Freddie Gray was abused by the police? How do we know that he didn't do it to himself? Something that Mark Puente, a reporter for the Baltimore Sun, discussed with Chris Cuomo on CNN this morning. Freddie Gray, pre-existing condition, hurt his spine, had a lawsuit, had a settlement from a car accident, or maybe it was lead poisoning. What have you figured out? Uh, court records show that uh, there was a settlement uh, filed and paperwork for a settlement in Howard County. We went down there and got the records. Uh, the records say it was related to a lead paint lawsuit from years ago. His sister has a similar case, one case number off. Uh, some websites put it out there that it was a settlement related to a car accident. That's not true. There's another district court case where a Freddie Gray is listed as in a tort uh, injury case. Uh, the lawyer for the Gray family says that it was Freddie Gray Sr., the father. I tracked down the 74-year-old lady who was listed as a plaintiff in that case. She says it's not Freddie Gray Jr., it's the father. So we're, we're debunking them claims. Okay, so the claims that he'd had some pre- pre-existing spinal injury turns out to be bogus. And that's been flying all over the interwebs, pushed mostly by people who want to say the police are always right and who don't want to be part of a solution but would rather uh, pick a political fight or maintain their prejudices or whatever. But then they move on to this idea. But what about the idea that the Washington Post is reporting that someone else who was around, you know, a, a fellow prisoner of Freddie Gray says that he was trying to injure, injure himself? Um, the idea from the Washington Post, guy in the van with him says he hurt himself. That's what I think. How much weight do you put in it? Well, I, mean, I can't speak to what Peter Herman reported. He's a fine reporter. I respect his work. We did, I didn't get that report, so i got to let Peter Herman speak for that. What questions does it raise? It, it raises the question, was there a pre-existing injury, if that's true, but I haven't seen the report. And listen, uh, I, I'm open to the idea that a guy, and uh, Freddie Gray had a uh, criminal record before this, may have been thinking to himself, I'm going to you know, somehow hurt myself, you know, get a bloody nose, get a uh, black eye, something, and then I'm going to cry uh, police harassment and police you know, uh, abuse and take it from there. And let me be as clear as I can about this for those of us who pursue the natural truth the way the world really is. No, 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 no. Freddie Gray did not crush his own larynx. He didn't crush his own voice box. No, no, no. Freddie Gray did not snap his own spine. We're not talking about, you know, some contusions here. Hey, where did he get that bloody lip? That's definitely possible. But no, he didn't crush his own throat. That didn't happen. Just think about it. And it should bother you that if you are one of the people who's so desperate to believe this, it's you should, I, I, I would want to know, what is it about me that makes me want to believe something as crazy as, and that's why he broke his own back, severed his own spine and killed himself? Well, Michael, you don't know. It could have happened. I mean, he could have just been, you know, bouncing around and he could have thrown himself against the wall of the van and broke his spine. Once again, you know, broke his wrist. Okay, broke his nose, broke his, crushed his own voice box. (sighs) 
And then there is the natural truth that the Baltimore police have paid out tens of millions of dollars in the past few years settling claims of beating the crap out of suspects while they were in the Baltimore Police Department's custody. Relatives of Dondi Johnson, who was left paraplegic after a 2005 police van ride, won $7.4 million in their verdict. A year earlier, Jeffrey Alston was awarded $39 million by a jury after he was paralyzed from the neck down as a result of a Baltimore police van ride. Um, And uh, the lawsuits spread out over the previous 10 years. so show again and again uh, that juries agree that police were doing stuff. Christine Abbott, a 27-year-old assistant librarian, is suing officers. She got a, quote, rough ride, as the Baltimore police call it, in a police van. They left her unbuckled and maniacally drove her to Northern District Police Station, tossing her around the interior of the van. They were braking short, so I would slam against the wall. They were taking wide, fast turns. I couldn't brace myself. I was terrified. It felt like a piece of cargo. So when you've got a police department that's already paid out tens of millions of dollars and you've got uh, a police department that has a guy in custody whose back was broken, spine was broken, as uh, one uh, judge put it, the fact that a man's neck was broken while in police custody is prima facie evidence that police misbehaved. So this isn't Ferguson. This isn't Trayvon Martin. This is the natural truth. I am Michael Graham. First time in Major League history, a ball game, a regular season game, will be played with no fans in attendance. This is one of those moments where you may make history, but you really wish you didn't have to do it. We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect among Americans. Whatever you think about her politically, it's very clear that her launch, the launch of this campaign, has been an assault on the public trust. I'm clearly made a mistake. I should not have characterized people's kids as as thugs. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. No, he Eleven oh five and News Ready one oh six seven. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. Thrilled, delighted, and honored to be with you on News Radio one oh six seven. If you care about the truth, you want to be right about stuff. You know, when you're talking to people and you want to have a clue, don't say the sentence. You know that guy in Baltimore? He broke his own spine. Yeah, he was sitting there in the paddy wagon, and he somehow magically severed his own spine, and then he crushed his own voice box. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he just, he crushed his own. Here's, for the super geniuses who are tweeting me right now, I am M. Graham. Uh, 
Someone offers you $10 million to crush your own voice box in an empty van while you're in handcuffs. Can you do it? $10 million. And the answer is, number one, you wouldn't. But number two, you couldn't. So this is, this is how you know that you let your politics and your biases and your prejudices get ahead of the natural truth. Is when you are arguing, I, he severed his own spine. I saw a video of a guy who was playing basketball and he rammed the pole of the ball of the basketball and he broke his own neck. So that proves, Michael, that, excuse me, he, he wasn't on a basketball court. He was handcuffed in a van. <laughs> the guy in the basketball court didn't sever his own spine. I, I don't, all you're proving is that you are never, ever, ever going to be honest about how badly police treat people no matter what. Of course, we've had people on the air, and you've heard them here at 844-404-1067, who defended the North Charleston cop who's facing murder charges, saying, well, you had to shoot him. Anyone who runs from the police, you just got to shoot him. So my point is, there's a conversation that grown-ups are having. And if your argument is, and that's why he broke his own neck, and then he crushed his own throat, and then, you're just not in the conversation. You're in some other conversation. Just like the people are saying, Michael, I know what's really going on. The police are all Klan members, and they meet at the Klan rally, and they, it's open season. I'm like, you're just an idiot. I'm sorry. No one, there is no room in a grown-up conversation for you. There's just not. He did it himself, Michael. He, he snapped his own spine, and he crushed his own voice box by using his feet behind his handcuffed hands, and then he just, I mean, it's like the lady, and you can see this on my Facebook page, uh, who posted up on her website. She's holding a sign. You know, the, 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 the feminists have these signs right now. I need feminism because. Hers says, I need feminism because my vagina has a voice. Well, lady, if that's true, you're going to have a wildly lucrative adult film career. You are the most popular person at any party. Uh, so if this guy really could sever his own spine and crush his own voice box while in a police van, someone call Cirque du Soleil because they missed an amazing talent. Meanwhile, and once again, we're not talking about speculation. We're talking about facts. Meanwhile, uh, uh, these morons who are trying to argue the straight face that a guy crushed his own voice box while handcuffed in a van say that the fact, this isn't speculation, this isn't spin, fact that this Baltimore Police Department has literally paid out millions of dollars for injuring people in custody just in the past few years, that's irrelevant. That's nothing. That's, that's, Michael, that's political correctness. That's... That's something else. The facts. So, so here's so here are my two options. I can either believe a that a police department that even ha- that has such a tradition of rough riding their suspects may have harmed this guy while he was handcuffed in their custody, or b that a man in a van broke his own spine, severed excuse me his own spine and crushed his own voice box. Those are my two options. Where am I? You tell me. 844-404-1067. What's, what's the easy thing to believe? Now, once again, that's, you have investigations and you know, I don't want anybody punished. 
without the evidence actually presented. Oh, and by the way, the other capper on this, these same police officers, in all of their reports, no physical force was used. None. No physical force was used. So, Michael, I believe the police. I believe them when they say that no physical force was used, and he did this all to himself. I believe that. He was, he was, just, he was an amazing guy, Michael. He's, he's going to have a Marvel Comics series. Super twisty Spinal Man. <sighs> Do you see why it's hard to take people seriously who are willing to be that dumb in the service of their politics? Wouldn't it be easier to just to tell the natural truth, which is that most of the time cops get it right, most of the time, cops are trying to do the right thing. Most of the time, you can trust them. But sometimes you have some departments with a different strategy, and these strategies result in bad outcomes. Isn't that easier than believing? And then, Michael, he reached up with his elbow and pushed it through his eye socket. And then because he's actually a Shinzu master of the martial arts, he was able to use a pencil to... <sighs> Whoever thought it would be so hard just to point out the obvious? 8444. It's, look, it's like when elderly people plow into buildings. Is it possible that they own the one Buick that automatically drives itself into coffee shops? Yes, it's possible. Is it possible that this was a, like a storyline like a Stephen King novel? What's the, the one about the car? Carrie? Is, no, that's not Carrie. That's the, the one that drives itself, the car that drives itself. Yeah, maybe that's it. Or maybe it's because it's an 83-year-old geezer. I'm betting on the 83-year-old geezer, and I'm betting on the police guys with sticks. It's just the, he seems like an easier bet. Gary, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Am I missing something here? Yes, sir, I think so. How you doing, man? Doing fine, sir. Uh, pretty common knowledge, and I'm surprised I haven't heard it. I'll, I'll take it out of the, the world of speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, very common practice. You can see it over and over again. They're, uh, they're real big, uh, on, and most of the reports would probably reflect you know, no uh, physical force used, but they're real big on using their complete body weight to come down with their knee either on the back of somebody's neck or mm-hmm. on their back. Uh, you can see it all the time, and I'm sure probably most of the reports would say no physical force was used, but when you use, uh, whether you're 160 pounds or 210 pounds, if you come all the way down with somebody's, I've had it happen to me a couple times. Ouch. Uh, they, they're real common for police in every place I've ever known of to <clears throat> do the atomic knee drop, you know, right. on the back of somebody's neck. I, I, I know that the atomic knee drop. Logical. Yeah, that seems a real easy way to do No, no, it, no, you know? they got it all wrong. He did it to himself. He atomic knee dropped himself while handcuffed in a van. He's a contortionist. I, it is the most amazing thing. When you want to believe something this dumb, this hard, you're just, you just don't want to be part of the natural. You just want to stay with your mistake you you would rather have your ideology your politics or whatever it is than just the truth i'm never going to be on your side and i don't care if if you're one of the idiots who still insists that michael brown was murdered and that the cop was just out hunting young black men if that's you believe you're an idiot and i'm sorry the facts just don't back you up and i can't i'm not going to take you seriously and if you trying to tell me this guy crushed think about your voice box take your hand right now just squeeze slightly on your voice it hurts like and he did that on himself on purpose with handcuffs on Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1119. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. So sometimes you hear stuff that when you hear it, you just you stop. You're like, okay, I didn't hear that. It's kind of like when uh, Ray Lewis said yesterday, I'm calling on you to end the violence. Remember that? I'm sorry, and everyone stops you go, wait, well, Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis called on Baltimore to end the violence? That's right, I did. 
end the violence now or I'll cut you. Oh, okay, if you say so, Ray. Well, I had a similar experience when Mrs. Bill Clinton was giving a speech and talking about Baltimore and other things. And once again, I have to remind you, and by the way, if you're driving, you may want to pull over. If you're standing, you may want to sit down. This is Mrs. Bill Clinton. We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect among Americans. Between police and citizens, yes, but also across society. Restoring trust in our politics, our press, our markets. Between and among neighbors and even people with whom we disagree politically. This is so fundamental to who we are as a nation and everything we want to achieve together. Oh, no, you didn't. Did I hear that right? Just just start it from the beginning, because I just want to hear this first part from the beginning. We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect. I'm sorry, did I just hear Hillary Clinton say that, and you heard the whole thing, trust. Did she use the word trust like 17 times? Did she just say, we need more trust? Really? We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect. I, 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 I know I, I am too, too stunned, too speechless to respond. So uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it to Ron Fournier from uh, Fox News. Last night, and by the way, Ron Fournier is a national journal reporter. He's a huge Clinton fan. There are photos of him from the 90s palling around the Clintons. He literally loves Bill Clinton as a man and a friend. Here was his response last night. You can't lead. You can't get anything done if you can't be trusted. And let's just look at the score here really quickly. She talked about, first of all, she violated ethics laws on both and rules on both the emails and the foundation. Um, she said that she did the email jiu-jitsu out of a matter of convenience. We know that's not the, the, the truth. We know that's not the case. She said that she was sending emails under, to uh, aides, and they were captured under the State Department email address. We know that's not the case. They said that they disclosed all, all of the foundation donations, um, and we know that's not the case. Then they said that they couldn't disclose these because of the Canadian law. We know that's not the truth. And, of course, it's just that's a, just the skimming of the most recent stories, lying about where they got the money from, lying about disclosing the money, lying about why they didn't disclose the money, uh, lying about who they took money from. And, I mean, I, I would ask anybody. I would ask the most heartfelt supporter of Mrs. Bill Clinton. I would ask the most diehard Democrat listening right now, if I gave you a list of things to say about Hillary, Uh, You know, which of the following words would you use to describe? And I had smart. I had ambitious. I had uh, experienced. I had uh, loyal. I had whatever politically astute. And I had trustworthy. Honest on that list. Can you honestly tell me? that you would use the word honest or trustworthy to describe Hillary. And if you say that to me, then you're just a liar. (laughs) And you're just as honest as she is. Because that's like saying, uh, I don't know, uh, Paul Perdome is svelte. I mean, you know, nothing against his cooking, but that's not the word. That's just not accurate. And so Ron Fournier 
concludes by pointing out something that is indisputable about Hillary Clinton. Whatever you think about her politically, it's very clear that her launch, the launch of this campaign, has been an assault on the public trust. And I don't know how anybody can vote for anyone that you know you can't trust. And I don't mean someone who, you know, they promised they wouldn't raise taxes and then turn around and raise taxes. Stuff happens. You know, like I was going to vote this way. I mean, stuff happens with individual. First of all, they're all politicians. So, you know, there's a certain amount of lying built in. But it's one thing to be a person who has, you know, flip flopped on a, one something here or there. It's nothing to be someone who is openly and shamelessly corrupt. The Clintons left the White House as modestly wealth, you know, wealthy people. And they translated their time as a senator and secretary of state and former president into $150 million of cash in their pocket. Forget the $2 billion that they raised through the foundation that's gone through. Forget the fact that only 10 to 15% of that $2 billion has gone towards charity, which means that $1.5 billion or more has gone to travel and offices and high living and blah, blah, blah. Forget all that. They put $150 million of money in their pockets while she was a senator and while she was secretary of state. And they've been caught again and again and again. You just heard the litany from liberal journalist Ron Fournier. I know Ron a little bit. I like him. He's a nice guy. And the thing I've always said about him is he's an honest liberal. But he, but he'll tell you, I'm definitely, well, I, he probably won't tell you, but he, it's pretty clear, left to center guy. And he just went through the litany of stuff she lied about. And then I have to, so she knows that we know what she did. She knows that new polls show that the majority of Americans don't trust her because they say she's not honest. And she gives this speech. Oh, no, you didn't. She gives the, the, the speech about uh, the bonds of trust. We must urgently begin to rebuild the bonds of trust and respect among Americans. Between wow. police and citizens, yes, but also across society. Restoring trust in our politics, our wow. press, <laughs> our markets. Stop! Between- stop! stop. I, just, I just can't. I can't bu- she made those words. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, you kind of scoot away from someone. You're worried the lightning is going to come down. Trust in politics, Hillary Clinton. Trust with the press. You mean the woman who won't take questions from the press? That one? The woman who had her campaign pre-organized, the everyday citizen she was going to have lunch with, pre-organized to bust them into an Iowa diner and then didn't tell the press. By the way, these were all handpicked people. That woman who's been caught repeatedly lying to the press about what I used Wow. Wow. Uh, James Carville is right. If you took one of her testicles away from her and gave it to Barack Obama, they'd both have two. 844-404-1067. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.